It looks like it's working. All right. Well, we might lose two hours of talking here. It would be amazing if that was the beginning of this episode. (laughs) I will absolutely keep that as the beginning of this episode. (laughs) All right. Let's go then. And welcome to episode 42 of the Brood Sages. Stormbound players with a head for the game, I am Freeloader, and with me, as always, are Sabaiku and Thomas. Sabaiku, how's it going tonight? Fantastic. And Thomas, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty all right. Well, we are the Brood Sages, easily the second best Stormbound-related podcast in production. As a reminder, you can always follow us at Brood Sages on Twitter, or for all of you whose jogging shorts have gotten twice as long over the years... Our email address is theprudesages at gmail.com. Um, real quick, guys, uh, I wanted to sneak this in. I haven't told you that I was going to, but I wanted to. Uh, we hit our one-year anniversary uh, earlier this month, uh, right at the beginning of the month, and we never did anything about it. We didn't even mention it in our last episode. <laughs> so I just wanted to uh, uh, tip of the hat to everyone who's stuck with us over the uh, year uh, and uh, congratulate uh, uh, Sabaiku and Thomas. Uh, guys, we, we are currently recording our 42nd episode, which is easily 41 more than I thought we'd ever do. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, just congrats on the one year. Uh, speaking of anniversaries, uh, Thomas, we just finished the Sheepyard, uh, well, I guess I should say the Stormbound uh, anniversary event. Uh, how did that go for you? I converted a lot of rubies on over to some of the uh, the Mythic books to be able to start uh, cashing in on some of the fusion stones from those things and um, got, I think, like 150 from the 2,000 fusion stones are the 2,000 rubies that I had and then just got a crap ton of coins and the uh, extra cards that I already owned. So I'm up to like 30, <laughs> 34,000 coins that I need to do in the exchange shop. Oh my gosh. What all for days. Wanna... Give some of those quite impressive. to Sabaiku and I. We could use uh, <laughs> the coins right now to upgrade some cards. Sabaiku, how did it go for you? Uh, I, mine went fantastically. I did end up doing a similar thing. I, I spent some real world money on rubies. Uh, I had saved up a bunch also, and I just bought a ton of packs um, trying to round out my collection. And now I have a lot of cards to upgrade, but I also spent all my coins on noble books. So uh, I can't upgrade any of them. I'm going to be trying to farm for years to try to make this work. It goes so much faster than you think. I did manage to spend uh, uh, 50 of my wife's money. <laughs> Freeloader. Bless her. Uh, uh, I, uh, I, I bought the uh, 50 ruby pack. And actually, uh, with only, I think, a few hours to go in the anniversary, I decided that it was worth spending the additional 20. So I went 70. And uh, I am not dissatisfied with the results. I was very happy with what I hit for the most part. The one weird thing about it, although if you think about the flavor of the card, it makes sense. Uh, once I hit my first Ami in a pack, I just started hitting so m- It was like they were replicating. <laughs> I kept getting Ami after Ami. Um, like every pack, it was another Ami. Uh, I started with Ami barely at level four. And I finished with three more than level five somehow. Nice. <laughs> Crazy. I, I, it I just, always works that way. Right? Uh, uh, yeah. Why could it never be Edric? That would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but yeah, so that's how it went for me. And uh, just like you, Sabaiku, I uh, I could really use some some coins. So uh, Thomas, the, whenever you're feeling generous, you just let you let us know, please. Unfortunately, I'm going to be uh, saving them for for a lot of brawl for a lot of fusion stones because of what we will be talking about in a little bit here. Mm, mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. Nice, <laughs> nice, nice. All right. Well, moving on from there, guys. Uh, meta check in. So we don't do a meta report anymore, and we've explained why. Uh, for those of you who who, who, who uh, didn't hear the explanation the first time, um, the meta is in balance. Sheepyard has done a an extraordinarily good job, I believe, of getting the four factions to be equally strong. Uh, if you are a swarm main, winter main, whatever it is, go ahead and play it. It's going to work. Um, there's definitely some decks that are standing out for each faction and Unfortunately, that's a lot harder for us to capture in a in, in in a way that's particularly accurate than giving you sort of the overview. So instead, we we're just going to try to give you some sort of check in on the meta every once in a while. Um, maybe maybe a, hopefully some deck doctoring soon. We're we're trying, folks. I promise. Um, but for the time being, uh, Thomas, how's the meta check-in going? Um, so I was just talking to you guys right before the podcast. I took a screenshot of the top 20 uh, players in Heroes League and uh, broke down every single deck that each person is playing. And I was only able to uh, count out the top or, uh, 11 of the, uh, the top 20 decks. And it looks like Winter is in first place with four decks um, of the ones that I can remember who's playing what. And then in next place, we've got Swarm with three decks in the top 20. And then Ironclad and Shadowfen are tied for two decks in the top 20. And I have to say that feels about right. It does feel like Winter either is maybe picking up a little bit more or people are finally trying it out right here at the very end of the season. Because I do think that I remember seeing a little bit more um, Swarm. I think I remember there being four or five decks earlier this month in Swarm. And it seems like they shifted over to Winter. Maybe it's uh, to capitalize on everyone's decks slowing down with the the mid-range stuff. So not 100% sure exactly where things are going to go over the course of the next three days. But that's exactly where we're at right now today. Hmm. Yeah, and i got to say, I've been hanging out in the top 50, not not, uh, near the top like you, but... I haven't seen a ton of winter, not as much as I expected after the Chillbeards uh, buff last month. Uh, I'm still seeing a lot of Bragda Shadowfen. I'm still seeing a lot of Zuri Swarm, sometimes with Bucks, sometimes without. I'm still seeing a lot of Ironclad with the structures. Um, you know, it, there's still a pretty decent variety. And um, as the member of the Brood Sages who uh, uh, procrastinates the longest to make Heroes League, um, I've literally now been in the Heroes League. Uh, this is Monday the 27th, and I've been in Heroes League for about 15 minutes now. Um, uh, I will say that this month I've seen more Shadowfen uh, than in previous months. Uh, outside of the the sort of the bunch at the top, uh, the last couple of months, I have not seen as, as much Shadowfen as I would have expected, especially considering Stony Jay was winning each one of those seasons with a, a Shadowfen deck. I'm finally starting to see Shadowfen being played at a more balanced rate to the other three factions. Um, in previous months, it has been a very Swarm and Ironclad heavy uh, uh, kind of meta at the tail end of the, the Heroes League. So 
that kind of gives you that information. I, I do think the, the chill beard uh, 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 buff Sabaiku um, has caused a little bit of consternation in uh, Reddit and Discord. Uh, do you think that it's warranted? Or in your opinion, is it more just a, well, they could have beat me with other things, but now they're beating me with this, so this is what I'm going to complain about. Yeah, I feel like it's a little bit more the latter. Like, And it's a strong card, don't get me wrong. It's obviously very, very powerful. It does a huge chunk of damage. But it does a huge chunk of damage when you know Siren would have done a huge chunk of damage. Um, most of the time, if I'm getting beat by Chillbeards, I would have gotten beat anyway by any strong runner uh, but i'm playing a little bit more of a rushy style deck uh you know I'm, I'm willing to give my opponent front or take a little bit of extra damage early in the game so i'm definitely biased by my own play style i gotta mm, say mm-hmm. it it feels it feels strong but so do the swarm and ironclad and shadowfin decks i play against it all feels strong i feel like uh, i'm barely pulling out a win every time i match up with somebody thomas we, we've had a couple of weeks of this now do we feel like we've got enough data and and sort of in-game experience to to render judgment on the Chillbeard's buff is this too much uh, I'd say both yes and no. Um, I don't think there's any card that should, um, on its own, be able to win the game uh, with the opponent at 20 health. That's just a recipe for disaster, um, especially because even if it's not necessarily overpowered by itself right now, any card that Sheepyard wants to introduce to Winter, if any good card that they want to introduce to Winter, it could potentially push Winter that much further because there's this single card that can win on, on that single, uh, by, or by itself. I mean, and so I I don't like it from that perspective. And so I I do think that they need to do something about that. Even if Siren is only just a little bit weaker, that's too much um, limiting game space that they're essentially doing to themselves by having this card without uh, doing any revisions to it. Mm -hmm. In in my personal experience, um, any card that my opponent played was the card that was the reason why they won, right? Like, so... So Chillbeards maybe is a little salt in that wound, but um, it does seem to be, like, in terms of OTK, are there any other from 20 base health uh, uh, to zero kind of OTK cards in the game, or do we need more than one runner or more than one source of damage aside from Chillbeards? Is Chillbeards the the lone standout now? Yeah, it is literally by itself. Yep. Well, that's that's certainly making... Winter a bit like, and then we add in the mana cheat, Sabaiku. This is well, and that's why it's so dangerous, right? It's winter gets to six mana and drops the dawn sparks in a place where you can't clear it. Like you're on you're on a clock at that point. If you can't win that turn, then you have to play really good defense for the rest of the game, right? It really limits your uh, ability to play your game plan. Right. That's the trick of it. It forces you to play so different from how you were going to play because chill beards exist, right? It doesn't matter if it's a control deck or not. A control deck against Ironclad, you can play differently. As soon as it's a winter control deck, you have to play a certain style because of it. Yeah, well, we've talked about that in the past, for sure, many mm-hmm. times. Mana gain makes makes problems in the game, and Chillbeards on their own maybe are not a problem. Chillbeards combined with mana gain maybe is a problem. I don't know that it is, right? Like, we don't have access to Sheepyard's data. For me, all I can say is I don't see it that much. I don't see 
just winter, I see a good variety of factions. When I do see winter, mm-hmm. it's not always Chillbeards that kills me. Sometimes it's Siren, you know, that that's its own problem. Well, actually, now that you say that, expanding on exactly what you just said, I don't think people have figured out the best Chillbeards deck yet either. Uh, every single winter deck that I've played, I think Chillbeards was in three of the four decks, uh, but every single Chillbeards deck has been different. But um, oh, going to like Ironclad Hearthguards, back when they figured that deck out, that was the deck to run. I mean, maybe there was like one card that would be different, a variation, depending on what was going on in the meta. But right now, these Chillbeards decks are all very different from each other. So there, there is going to be a formula that somebody figures out, and then it, it, it is going to be potentially the best deck in the game. Uh, somehow even better than, than Bragda, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, that that's a good point, right? But there's also more room for freedom. The, the Hearthguard's Ironclad deck was a much lower curve, so you really had to optimize every card. With mm-hmm. a Chillbeard's Winter deck, you know, you you can play, okay, at six mana, I want to play Dawn Sparks or Twilight Prowlers. It's fine. Both of them work well, just situationally a little bit different. At five mana, I want to play Fluffy or Loris. You know, they're, they're both viable. It's okay. Yeah, that's I true. don't know if it, I don't know if it can be optimized the same way just because there's always there's always pros and cons for each card inclusion. Well, okay, so there will be a general best deck, and then uh, there will be like that one or two card change depending on the meta kind yeah, of I think like what right, has yeah. happened. Yeah. So so yeah, that I is think... I guess another big fear. All right, guys, I would love to talk more about this, but um, this morning Sheepyard released uh a patch notes and oh my lordy are these some patch notes guys there is so much to talk about i think we we really need to just dive into it so uh shall we go let's start first with some balance changes sabaiku can you walk me through the first balance change uh on lich lich summoners pardon me yeah lich summoner spawn strength is now up to three four five six seven uh strength of the main body is the same and at level one the spawn is the same at all higher levels, it gets plus one ability. So at level five, this is a pretty pretty solid unit. Like it just attacks something, survives a trade, makes a big spawn behind it. I don't think that it really makes a difference. I don't know that you're still going to play this card. We've talked about in the past how there's a lot of competition at the four mana spot, especially for four mana neutrals. You're probably going to play Edric instead, which you know you play it next to a unit for just one spawn. You get the same amount of strength or one more strength and you have the opportunity if your opponent mispositions or you know plays reign of frogs or something where you can get multiple spawns and get a ton of strength on the board where lich summoners is unlikely to attack after the first one so i don't know that it's necessarily still going to see play but it, at least it's a pretty solid unit on its own now that is a really good point though i i don't want to uh, move off of this yet quite because i think that's let let's take a look at that maybe a little deeper thomas this whole idea of of the four mana card being like the power turn right so we've got scrap plans we've got javana we've got toad witches we've got uh edric um don't really worry too much about swarm four drops (laughs) but but uh everybody else aside from swarm and the neutrals have these fantastic four drops even with this buff is there really room for lich summoners in a lot of decks 
There's not. Literally the only corner case that I can think of where this thing is going to see play is when you're playing against Ironclad and you're sick of their scrapped planners, like whatever four drop you were going to play that eats up their Destructo bots or whatever, and then it drops the seven unit behind, they don't necessarily want to use the scrapped planners uh, to eat up the rest of the Lich Summoners on the front because there's that seven strength behind now. That's the only corner case I can think for this card. Right, and even then, it's an even trade for them. Yeah, it's still, it's still a, it's four yeah. mana. Yeah, it's four mana to answer four mana. That's fine. Like they're okay. Mm-hmm. If it was seven yeah. and seven, awesome. This would be much better. But six doesn't right. clear very much, and so therefore, no, it, it also doesn't. doesn't get to spawn anything either. And then you also have the problem where it spawns behind it, so it doesn't advance your front. Mm-hmm. You can't play it on your baseline mm-hmm. unless you're attacking straight ahead into something that is five strength or less like it's it's just a little too limited in what it does yeah i i almost want the the main body to be bigger and the spawn to be a little smaller or just bump buff them both up to seven or eight and eight (laughs) eight and eight would be way too much yeah that feels (laughs) like power creep seven seven would be fine Seven and seven would be at least comparable to Edric, and then you would consider it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the thing I don't like about that, though, is that you can't use Lich Summoners to clear a uh, a Scrap Planner, unless the Scrap Planner's already... Well, even if the Scrap Planner's already gotten value. Yeah, no, that's true. Okay, moving on from there, Tricking Alderman. Thomas, you want to talk me through this one? Yes, please, because I love this. Uh, I think this card is <laughs> awesome now. Uh, they gave it uh, plus one to the ability, and so it's a three mana, seven strength, and after surviving damage, deals five damage spread randomly to opponent's units. Uh, so they gave it a, a plus one strength buff to the uh, ability almost all the way across. Actually, yeah, all the way across. And the reason I like this so much is because when it is going off with that extra damage that it's shooting over all over the place, it can finally clear a Gifted Recruits or any of the other um, uh, five power things. So that is actually a big deal. There's, It's really, really irritating when you would want to drop this in the past, because I did try playtesting this in the past, and like yeah it can it was uh technically ahead of the or it was great strength to mana ratio when you're playing it but because it didn't specifically clear uh your opponent's front and then also didn't even clear the stuff after the fact it wasn't good enough so getting a total of at level five 12 damage for three mana is pretty dang good yeah that feels good mm-hmm. yeah this might this might see some play now because you're right the biggest problem was that it the damage that it did just didn't do enough to the to the board state um you know now just just a little while ago this got a strength buff so the strength on the unit is good enough now and now the damage is actually good enough you're right you don't lose your opponent doesn't lose their front but at least you get to take out some of their stuff on the board. You get to do some damage, and it's a two I, for I think one. that it's enough. Yeah, this... two for one is real good in a control deck. Yeah, I think this is going to be an awesome control card. It it gets rid of fell flares entirely. Or, I mean, it, it takes over Fellflare's spot, which actually did see some play. I can't remember who I just played against yeah. uh, earlier this week, and someone was playing Fellflare's, so, yeah. The one nice thing about Fellflare's is that Fellflare's lets you, uh, um, positionally at least, target one single unit to clear it. Tricking all them in, you're kind of hoping that the, the pings go the way you want them to. Um, but Take yeah, this... Shadowfen. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, into, like, tricking Alderman into a reign of frogs is kind of funny. Uh, yes. 
if nothing else, it's an entertaining. As a streamer, I, I look at cards like Trekking Alderman and and think of like when it's entertaining to watch. And and Trekking Alderman now is probably going to make uh, 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 an appearance in some of my control decks. And specifically, uh, I'm hoping to run into you know like a oh e- even an Azure Hatcher with it would be hilarious, right? Um, no, unfortunately, because. Oh, wait, which way does the ability go off? Right, exactly. That's the question. Sabaiku, for science, <laughs> you have to help us here. I'm pretty sure that the Azure Hatcher attacking into it mm-hmm. would trigger... Your ability first. Your The Elder's ability first, and yep. then the Azure oh. Hatcher would pop. Yeah. Oh, that's so terrible, really? Yeah. Oh, oh well, no. I mean, you can't complain too much because this is less mana cost, and so... Sure. No, no, that's fine. You're probably going to be able to play green prototypes into the hatcher and then still be able to clear everything. Yeah, well, that's the dream likely. right there. Yeah. All right, so moving on from that, guys, how about razor sharp lynxes? Uh, Spiku, you want to take this one? Yeah, so the strength based ability is now up from plus one to plus two, which means that it is just a flexible four mana, eight strength with one movement or six strength with two movement. Uh, kind of nice vanilla stats but the flexibility here the choice to either run it in for damage or to play it for strength is huge uh i think this is going to see some play because of this honestly it's is it? you know as yes, good it as it's as good as siege breakers when you don't when your opponent doesn't have a tower but instead of the upside of destroying a structure the upside is you can put it into their base and turns out the base is the place <laughs> <laughs> yep so thomas you think this sees play now Absolutely. You play other card games too, I know. And so you never underestimate flexibility. The flexibility no, of eight strength fair. and then the flexibility of a six strength runner. Uh, that's that's huge. Don't underestimate that. <laughs> yep. It's it's just vanilla stats, but the fact that it's vanilla stats on both sides, it, it's big. Okay. Yeah, it, it'll right. be. I, I would it, absolutely put this in. If I was looking for just a generally useful neutral card, this would fit the bill. Yep. Is it better than Edric? No, but it's, it's also not a legendary. It, it'll complement Edric. Sure, sure. Yep. So, so Thomas, the next card I hear tell that Sheepyard is moving this card out of just the Pirate Brawl and into Standard. What is this card? Wait, what? <laughs> out of the Pirate Brawl. I've. The, the joke never is seen, it doesn't see any any. Play I've never seen mode. Snake Eyes played outside of out of oh. the pirate brawl. Actually, I, sometimes. I, <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, I do enjoy uh, Snake Eyes a little bit. I mean, it's more of a Mimi deck, but uh, yes, but yes, it, it is a lot of fun to play Snake Eyes, and they are buffing it so that it just draws four cards all the time, which is nice because yeah, when I am doing like the ultimate or. I've had it at level five for a long time, and so it was nice getting the four cards, and then doing either a draft bound or like uh, the the earlier brawls, uh, the warrior or the casual, and getting only three three cards is like oh that that feels kind of bad. <laughs> so now it will always draw the four cards regardless of your level. It will always replace your hand, which is nice. I agree. It just nice. it makes it consistent. I I like this change. There's no real impact to anything other than the occasional pirate brawl. But mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Speaking of cards that you don't see very often in standard. Why don't you take this uh, one? Oh, you want me to take? Yeah, so why don't I you take just, this one? I almost got wrecked by Curse of Strings uh, <laughs> about two games ago on my climb to uh, Heroes League. Um you don't play around it because no one plays it 
except for, of <laughs> course, my opponent. Um, <laughs> they are dropping the mana cost uh, from seven down to six. The, and also they're uh, adjusting the strength thresholds. Uh, the abilities will now be uh, 7, 9, 11, 14, and 17, which are actually down from 8, 10, 12, 15, and 18. So if you're doing that math in your head, they are lowering the mana cost by one and lowering also the strength thresholds by one, which means that as much as MKM hates to admit it, this is in fact a birth. Uh <laughs> For, for all of you who are hoping to use Curse of Strings on an 18 health unit, now it doesn't matter whether you have it at level 5 or not. You cannot. You're going to have to trade something into that first. Yeah, so uh, now you can't answer your opponent's Dawn Sparks. Exactly. With Curse of with, Strings. With Curse of Strings. Um, I, I will say that the only time I've personally played Curse of Strings over the last couple of years, uh, uh, well, I guess it's not quite a couple of years, year and a half since we started playing, uh, I started trying uh, to play it with Aaron, Arc Druid Aaron, and um, I don't know that this mana reduction really matters to Aaron. Uh, it is hilarious playing Aaron into Curse of Strings Toxic Sack. Uh, I highly recommend it if you've never tried that combo, um, but I'm not sure how much this is really going to impact Curse of Strings play rate uh, within the meta. Sabaiko, your thoughts? Uh, mana reduction is big it always is but the problem is you're just spending six mana on one card and you're only removing one of your opponent's units and there are times when that is occasionally impactful but most of the time it's just not doing enough with your turn so i don't think it'll really see much of a, a play a change in play at all um the the change of the strength threshold there was no need for that it it wasn't going to see play anyway it looks like it's <laughs> like it looks literally like it was done so that you couldn't use it on dawn sparks which frankly i would love to if it were six mana and actually did answer dawn sparks i would absolutely use this card no you wouldn't because you don't see dawn like as much as dawn sparks annoys you you don't see dawn sparks at a rate high enough to justify this card's inclusion that is actually 100 percent true <laughs> thomas what do you think um, I think I'm going to leave my reservation out on this one for a night now because there's probably a decent number of 10 strength things that you can convert with this, which is a 20 uh, strength power swing for six mana, which is good. It's not great. Sure. It's good. Um, the flexibility is nice to being able to t- answer anything on the board, but um, yeah, well, I, that's as far as my thought process has gone on this thing so far is that it's fine. <laughs> yeah, played that's fair. A lo- Having played a lot of Shadowfen, and I love conversion. Conversion to me is one of those twofers, right? Like, not only do I remove a unit of yours, but I gain a unit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it always felt good. I, I love clerics. I love uh, 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 blood ministers. None of those cards really see a ton of play because they're all such poor tempo and without a good target on the board they are even worse tempo and you Uh, also have to have board for those ones sure sure but even if you're just going to try to play curse of strings alone um too often these cards having having tried to play a controlling shadowfen deck that that uses conversion as its sort of main theme uh these cards end up dead in hand way too often your opponent plays three cards uh those three cards are let's say 
Westwind Sailors, Doppel Box, and Green Prototypes. Do you really want to play Cursive Strings on any of that? Yeah, you play Cursive Strings on the Doppel Box in front, and then you get to clear <laughs> both of those. Oh man, Value Town. <laughs> value! <laughs> That's no. the problem that. But I mean, there's also a lot of other six mana cards that you also don't want to be playing when your opponent does that as well. And in that That's defense, fair. to be clear, chestnuts is not one of them. You want to stick it right in front of that green prototypes. Mm, yes, please. Or the or the doppelbox. You have that is a target rich environment for for chestnuts. Yeah, it's really it's really only good against you know a slower deck where you're looking to convert something large. You know, they play Fluffy or Loris, and you got like Thomas said, you got something ten or twelve strength on the board. You just turn it around. But it, I think those situations are so infrequent that it's just not worth. It. Yeah, I, I'm mostly keeping the verdict out because. I remember seeing the balance change for um, Cordia, seeing the the reduction from seven mana down to six mana. And I was like, eh, still not going to see literally any play because it never did. And now it is an extreme meta card. Sure, but the difference there is that Cordia can be played defensively or offensively. It can yep. be played when you have board or no board. It doesn't yep. really matter. You can just put it down. It's it's a proactive card. This is a reactive card and is very situational. So there's a big difference there. You could make this five mana, and I don't think it would still see a ton of play. Okay, yeah. well, I, 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 I uh, agree five with that. mana. I would disagree, but I think you made a strong enough argument uh, for the rest of that that I can agree at six. <laughs> well, look at it this way: Do you play? Do you play confinement at three mana? I do not. Right. Okay, so confinement can confine an 80 health Lady Rhyme. But again, we're talking about the general things that are on the board, and, and since I'm at, in Heroes League, I'm generally talking about level 5 stuff, and when we were just talking about, generally your opponent's going to have uh, at most like a 10 strength thing on the board, so for 3 mana you get 9 uh, damage out of it, but your opponent is guaranteed left a unit on the board. Sure, no, that's fair. That's fair. I don't know. I just look at this at five, and I I, I agree with Sabaiku. All right, let's move on. Let's move on Uh, to another five-mana situational card. (laughs) Speaking of of cards that never see play, (laughs) Thomas, you want to walk us through the next balance change? Oh, man, such a massive change to this thing. Flaming Stream gets one more point of damage across the board. (laughs) I'm sorry, what? Who's in the what's in the Oh, Flaming Stream. It, it is an Ironclad oh, card. card. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's a card in the game. Um, I, I will say this. Looking at Razor Sharp Lynx's Trekking Alderman, Snake Eyes, Cursive Strings, Lich Summoners, and Flaming Stream, Sheepyard has their finger on the pulse of the cards that are not seeing play. Like, they are properly identifying the cards that need help. Well, that is true. Uh, of these, I do think a couple of these will see play now in, in mm-hmm. ranked mode. Mm-hmm. I do. Yep. Flaming Stream is not that. one of them. I feel so bad for poor Sheepyard because they accidentally pushed something a little bit too far and then everyone's up in arms saying uh, just all these terrible things like that they're just uh, trying to squeeze every penny out of everybody, but then they don't power something up quite enough and we just poke fun at them the entire time. Yeah, I mean, look, it's a fine line to walk. It is. Oh, it absolutely. Is, they're doing the right thing, right? Mm-hmm. They, they, they bought this game from Paladin and they are doing what they can to try to maximize the impact 
of what they bought without having to create entirely new game and mode or entirely new library of cards from scratch. They're trying to take what was already there, the assets they bought, and trying to turn them into playable cards. Maybe not all of them are game-breaking cards or auto-includes, but they're trying to bring all of the cards in your library, whatever library you have, wherever you are in the game, and trying to make the, those cards playable. And I mean, I tip my hat to them. That That is, yes, that's what I want. Every once in a while, they chill beards a card, and maybe that's a little too much. <laughs> but, but look, we'll, we'll be laughing, and Cat Loader's here. He agrees with me. <laughs> um, they, we will be laughing when they go back to Flaming Stream in X number of months, trying to make it more enticing to people to play it, because it still won't be a meta card after this. But they're doing the right thing. They're, I mean, if they chill beards every card, that's just going to get annoying, right? Like, oh my it gosh, now, right. it does. So, so this is good. I, I have wanted razor sharp lynxes to be a super, like, like, like a good card to play ever since it was like the third or fourth card I ever hit level three with, and I've never played. It. I've tried and tried and tried. I am so excited to try and play razor sharp lynxes because of that. With that in mind, however, along with trying to increase the play rate of the assets that they bought, Sheepyard is also introducing new cards into the library, right? And Sabaiku, they've introduced they're they're gonna be introducing a whole bunch of new ancients uh uh coming up. Uh the first of which is Bounded Demon. Would you like to walk us through this? Yeah, Bounded Demon, a four mana ancient, one, two, two, three, four strength. So level mm. five, four strength with zero movement. Before moving, spawn a unit with two, two, three, three, four strength on both sides. Ooh. So you play this to open the game. You put it on your baseline. Next turn, it moves up along with now it's got two buddies. Uh, it, it can be 12 strength for four mana, which is pretty good. Uh, it can be four strength for four mana, which is pretty terrible. <laughs> um, I think ultimately this kind of um, is uh, is a little too situational. It can't defend. Mm. It, it's not something you can play to hold your front like you can. You know, we, we've talked about Edric a bunch already. Throw this out there this time too, because it's the same thing, right? Any four mana that spawns other units it's got to be compared to edric that's kind of the gold standard and it 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 just isn't as good like it's really only good on your first turn and then you kind of never want to see it again like the collector murders of the ancients or this shady ghoul yeah <laughs> thomas there's just so many four mana cards that are so strong in this game is there room for bounded demon um there is an equals i mean like when you take a look Ooh. at it four mana at one strength and then you get two units on each side or a unit on each side with two strength <clears throat> that's five power for four mana and equals is so slow that you have no problem dropping this on your baseline and getting that potentially even two triggers off this thing total two maybe even three and just getting a just a whole bunch of board value out of this thing so i i think an equals is just fine i like it's actually probably perfectly or maybe even kind of good uh, but then Ooh. by the time we get to level five, it's garbage. Um, there's there's no way that you're ever going to want to play this. And uh, unfortunately, like even looking at the stats and the, like the overall ability, 
I wouldn't want them to give this thing any more strength because it's one of those things where if you your opponent drops it and you don't have an answer right away, it's game over if it had any more strength. Yeah, and I was thinking the same thing. I was like, oh, why couldn't they just give it movement so it, it spawns once, but then it's guaranteed to spawn once, and that's just actually too strong and too consistent, mm-hmm. and I would not like that either. So I agree with you. Like, it's I think it's a very fine line here that they're trying to walk between uh, between underpowered and overpowered, and frankly, I just I don't see a way to modify this to to have it meet somewhere in the middle mm-hmm. yep. okay it is worth noting i believe that this um before moving mechanic is going to be it looks like the new ancient thing right um so so expect to hear that more often in fact thomas uh there's another before moving lost psyches walk me log us through that all right so this guy um we'll just have three um mana cost and his ability is before moving teleport itself to a random tile in its row its strength uh, going up is two three four five six so the exact same strength of a west wind sailor but yeah before it moves it's going to first teleport itself to a open spot in its own row and then moves forward um sorry guys it's not good (laughs) this is hilarious i I go to try to make a trade with this card i play it to trade into something and get a nice clean trade and instead it just jumps away (laughs) well here's the thing though it can actually according to the faq in the patch notes can move onto the same tile that it currently occupies so maybe you do get your trade after all (laughs) you don't know um here's my problem right the my problem with this is that it's exactly the same stats as westwind so i'm just going to put in westwind because westwind does what i want it to do every if it had if it had one more strength so there was a drawback i would use it in a heartbeat i think it would be so much fun and i think it would be usable and it would at least add a degree of randomness to the game this is adding a degree of randomness for no gain i'm not i'm not getting anything in that trade right exactly so like this is the this is kind of the argument of of helio troopers right helio troopers are worth the extra mana because there's a downside to it uh this is to your point a downside with no additional benefit so why would you ever choose it over the west wind um i'm trying to think of a situation in which you would want this randomness and i can't think of it so yeah i i I feel like this has already been nerfed Mm -hmm. yeah i mean in those extreme scenarios where you just needed to be able to get to that spot for whatever reason that you can't currently play in and like the the one in a hundred games where oh if i just had a very random card that moved to or kind of like a doppel box almost where it jumps forward that's almost what this is doing but not still not quite yeah because yeah because it can't move forward it just basically is never never better than westwind like it great it moves to a different spot where i could have just played it anyway no 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 wait 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 wait. there is one thing that that is better in a situation where the westwind would have to attack left or right you could play it in that cell and have it jump to the other side of the unit and instead move forward, right? I don't know, honestly. I don't know what that interaction would look like. It says before moving, it sure. doesn't have fixedly forward. So if it jumps next to another unit, will it then attack that unit? It that's should. Really? It should. Yeah, that's the exactly the way that um, 
everything is programmed because the very first ability is that it's first going to teleport itself. After it gets done teleporting, then it's going to do any attacking left, right, or forward because um, that's the exact same way mm -hmm. that Sparkly Kitties is is doing. Right. It's going Good to point. do its confusion Ooh, thing first, point. and then afterwards, if there is a unit on the left or right, then it's going to continue with that program to to attack the left or the right. This cool. is going to do the okay. same thing. So in that case, it is no better than West Wind. Correct. And All it's right. just worse. In fact, it's just worse. So here, here's where it maybe is. Nope, never mind. Just <laughs> we're going through mental hoops trying. to try and figure out a way, but just yeah. can't quit there. If, if there, they would buff it, a, if they would buff a it by one use health. Case. Merc is going to make a video on like day one and show it in like a use case we didn't think about and it'll be great. But yeah. there, there you go. And we will be kicking ourselves wishing we had just asked Merc ahead of time. Hey. Oh, or like Arthas and is going to use like Temple of Time and just do some shenanigans. Oh, no. <laughs> that would be so good as well. All right. So who wants to take erratic neglects? Yeah, I'll take that. So All right. you know me, I'm going to always take the one mana card and take that <laughs> in my deck. Yeah, it's got so, no movement, though. You know, one mana, one, two, three, four, five strength, zero movement. So, you know, basically summon militia, but you can choose where it is placed. And before moving on your next turn, it will get a random status effect. And those can be either it'll be frozen, confused, vitalized, poisoned or silenced and then it will move uh i assume that it will get poisoned and then or vitalized and then the the poison or vitalized tick will happen afterward uh but i'm not actually sure what the order of operations there oh that's a really good point yeah because because i mean the poison is impactful so is the confusion and so I do is think... the vitality on a on you know on a five strength uh vitality Ooh. giving it an extra strength before it moves could be the difference Matters. between it winning a trade or trade or not. You know, five strength like we talked about before is a break point. It's yep. not gonna get it though, because status effects always happen before any abilities on the card happen, you know, like the before attacking, but if it was already poisoned, poison happens first and then the before attacking trigger happens, like on Green Gale Serpents, for example. So the same well, thing is gonna because... happen for this. But before moving is not the same as before attacking, right? It has to move in order to attack, but before it moves is when the poison happens. It's kind of at the same phase, and I don't know which one is going to go first. That's a really good point. I would assume it's still going to be the abilities because um, mm -hmm. think of freeze. Uh, does does freeze happen at the beginning of your, or like unfreezing your stuff happen at the beginning of turn, or does it... But Wait beginning of turn isn't phase. the same thing as right. So freeze thaws at the movement phase, mm -hmm. but and freeze thaws after movement is finished. Correct. So this mm. actually sounds like this should get the uh... the status effect, and then yeah. yeah. Well, the crazy thing with freezes, it sounds like it's not going to move this turn because it's going to be frozen, and then it'll immediately thaw itself. <laughs> Right. right, so it, it will be. It won't move this turn, but it will not stick around frozen an extra turn. I think. Correct. Yeah. So you so you play it, and then obviously so it has then, zero movement, so it does nothing. And then next turn, if it gets the freeze status, it it freezes itself, doesn't move, and then unfreezes. So Giovanna oh, is right. not a reasonable counter to this card, then. Yep. But Mark Prey still works. Yeah. The one <laughs> thing that I find interesting about this this card uh, is that. 
status effects in this game are mostly pejorative, right? Like we have vitalized, which I love. And honestly, I love a lot of the other ones as well, but not in my own card. <laughs> if I'm going to play a card that's going to silence itself or poison itself or freeze itself or confuse, like that's a lot of, hey, bad news, you rolled poorly. Yeah, there's a, there's really only one positive outcome and that's vitality. There's one neutral outcome and that's silenced, right? Then it just won't do anything anymore and that's fine you've got one mana five strength you're happy with that frozen confused or poisoned all kind of you're not thrilled with for sure doesn't it feel like this card should have movement or more strength to justify so many downsides nope nope, nope. absolutely not <laughs> oh. <laughs> please do not nope, nope. do not give it anything else uh, it's already going to be pretty good just because it's a one mana five strength that you can place it where you want and because the status effect happens at the start of your next turn because it doesn't move it's got zero movement so it's not Mm. going to get a negative effect until it's already eaten a trade from your opponent so most of the time it's just a one mana five strength and you've come out ahead yep fun fact this is the old lawless herd lawless herd used to be one mana five strength uh at level five yep and this will see, I mean, most people that are playing summon militia will take out some militia and put this straight in. I'm going to be honest, feels... that's exactly what I thought I would do. Because, I mean, the amount of people that are playing green prototypes to take out a summon militia get to do the exact same thing with this. I mean, again, granted, you don't get your opponent's front wiped, but when you need to wipe something out, you need to wipe something out. And this is a great way to do that. You control where you place it. So, yeah, it's just, it's... You're going to play green prototypes in the same deck regardless, because I cannot think of a single deck that runs summon militia and not green prototypes. And as somebody that played a decent amount of Mistwives in the past, I can tell you this this works just fine there. Yeah, this is better than summon militia again. It's better than summon militia because you can put it where you want. It's better than green prototypes a lot of the time because green prototypes moves, and if you need to play Mistwives defensively, oftentimes your green prototypes actually doesn't allow that because it moves out of the way or it doesn't survive a trade. Or when your opponent has their unit tucked in your uh, baseline corner, and your summon or your green prototypes cannot do anything to then be able to proc Mistwives' ability. This one, you just set it one unit or to the, I guess, third column in, and Mistwives can still attack. Yep. You guys have convinced me. This is this is a auto include in a Mistwives style deck. Absolutely. Any sort, any yeah. sort of rush deck is going to yep. play this, I suspect. I yep. would definitely slot this in in a lot of decks just as a good general utility card. Our Hearth I decks. Playing Ubis, right? Because now I, it's for one mana, I can control exactly where it is, and it's another uh, uh, unit type mm-hmm. to trigger off of Ubis. Oh, this yeah. is good. Yeah, and this uh, is really Thomas, good. you said the Hearth. Yeah, I used to play the Hearth in the same deck with the Mistwives. I would very often open up on four mana with just the Hearth and summon Militia. Mm-hmm. Which I you'd would still be- want to do that um, over this, but but there's no reason not to have both. just remember to play this not in the cell next to the hearth because confusion could clear oh yeah good point (laughs) (laughs) okay moving on uh thomas do you want to give me fragmented essences so fragmented essence is the next uh extremely powerful card on top of uh erratic neglects it's a two 
mana card, uh, strength going three, four, five, six, seven, uh, no movement, uh, but its ability, uh, unlike the downside that Erratic had, this thing has, before moving, split its strength equally into a unit on both sides. Uh, it can't split again for this movement. Uh, but it's essentially, so like the, the five level card, uh, it's going to split itself into a random four and a three strength on each side of each cell where it previously was, and then uh, move forward. So seven strength for two mana is great, and then... That's, there's no downside to that ability, is there? Well, I guess the only real downside is that the four and the three don't really survive trades, so your opponent can kind of plan around it. But when you're playing... Okay, so if, if you're playing a control deck, uh, seven strength for two mana that you're probably just plopping in front of a weakened scrap planners or anything else yeah. is fine. It's kind of like the reason why I'm using Ice Flakes in some decks. Um Ice Flakes, it, it's fine. It, it's not great. It's not terrible. Um, it's perfectly acceptable. Uh, the downside of not moving next turn actually does make a difference for the Ice Flakes. This one does get to move. So I do like that. Oh, it's not going to be able to clear anything on your opponent's turn. Right. So it's going or to... Or I mean on your next turn. And that's what I was getting at, right? It's It'll split into a four and a three. And then neither of those are really going to do much. It'll chip down a couple of units, but it won't actually clear anything when it moves. Um, I don't think that that's... A, I think that's the literal only downside to this card, though. I think it's fantastic design. I like the way that it plays with how things move on the board. And I like the fact that it really encourages a snowball style deck right like we talked about the hearth in relation to the the last card imagine playing this with the hearth right like it just it gets buffed up and it splits and something survives because it's got a lot of distributed stats across the board and then it gets buffed and it gets split again and it keeps on rolling down the board like that yeah this, this is a good with, card this card with bragda is very interesting do we ever want to play Lawless Herd over this? Lawless Herd is a satyr, and there's some synergy there. So okay, okay. that start with that. Um, Lawless is also a common, so you're more likely to have it leveled up or at least at the same level. Yeah, yes. and yeah, in the lower that agreed. And it, it kind of yeah, I think kind of just replaces Lawless Herd in a lot of the same decks, unless you're specifically going for a satyr strategy. This doesn't help you with swarm callers, but do you ever sure want to play good. head? start over this in a non-satyr centric swarm deck yeah it's the same mana it's the same yeah. mana but, i will be swapping this you out. can control where you play yeah. yep exactly the same argument that we were just making for erratic uh mm-hmm. instead of summon militia get rid of that randomness yeah i used to play um a little bit of a swarm deck with arc druid aaron and dark harvest and needle blast and i found that only having two spells was a little rough so i put head start in there as the okay. third um <laughs> so if you're playing that specifically i think that that would be okay 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 other than that i think probably this goes everywhere else like uh right now i'm playing a zuri bucks deck in the heroes league and i would absolutely put this in that deck right like it, right, right, something's right. something's gonna survive it's gonna 
split and move and there's going to be something on the board for me to buff it splits up so if i play this like if you just open with green prototypes in this you've got three units on the board you're baiting your opponent to go wide so your edric gets some value it's yeah it's it's going to be really really good in that deck it feels like these last two ancients are in fact a slight amount of power creep over cards that are already in the game which it I'm definitely not upset does. about. Yeah. I so I don't think that the last one erratic neglects is really power creep. It's it's summon militia with a different downside. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. okay. This one is a, a little harder to say that it's not power yep. creep. It's definitely just really good and will replace lawless herd yep. and potentially head start or maybe well, yeah, honestly if you're playing this you probably play head start in the same deck and can erratic neglects really be power creep when lawless herd literally was a vanilla one mana five strength at one point in time or for a long time oh, that's fair <laughs> but it's not anymore the, the the reality of the game is that's not what lawless herd is um I look at this this card, Fragmented Essences, and I think of on seven playing this into Zuri. Yep, or just playing this with Bucks, right? Like again, right. you exactly. gotta remember with this card, each each split unit is in itself a fragmented essence and not a token. So each one of those will continue to split. So like anything you do to buff this up just continues to pay off down the road. Like yes, Sweet. the unit splits up. Yeah. So you, you no longer have, you know, like one twelve strength, you have two sixes, but honestly that's not a that's bad good. thing. No, no, I'll take that. I'm actually really excited to play around with uh fragmented essences specifically. Um I, I it, do yeah. feel that Swarm is the natural home for it, for getting the most amount of value, but that's kind of irrelevant. Any deck that runs Lawless Herd should be running this maybe instead. The big downside now, like, so like we're talking about this thing as purely only having upside. This thing yep. has a massive downside though. <clears throat> the more okay. it splits, or even actually after its first split, if it doesn't get a, a big strength buff, is uh, just going to be eaten up by Beasts of Terror. And we're talking about Swarm, which already generally runs a lot of satyrs. Mm. So Beasts of Terror play might go up if if this gets um, too much play, just because you're going to eat this thing up for lunch after a first split. That is so, true. But then they won't have Beasts of Terror available to attack your satyrs, right? Like it's They right. have to this choose where they're using it. That's true. Right? You're just making more targets for your opponent. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you but play I this mean, in you a also... deck that also runs Reign of Frogs, for example. Which one are you beasting? Well, so you don't want to have to wait to play your Beast of Terror, and the first good opportunity that you have, you do it. I mean, it, it's unfortunate when you have to wait for your opponent to play the Doppelbox to then be able to play Beast of Terror, and if they're right. constantly okay. already playing um, cards that have similar um, unit types, then yeah, just throw it out because you're going to get that value. So I, that's I don't true. think that's a fair enough argument to, to say, oh, then they can't use it for, for Doppelbox. Well, what I'm saying is that it means that you can proactively play around it um or not not necessarily play around it but you can bait it out and uh you know force your opponent to use it in a situation that's less favorable and i mean you're talking about four mana beast of terror you could play for four mana doppelbox and this and make your opponent choose oof right one of those is going to stick around for zuri next turn you decide which one yeah okay It poses problems. <laughs> it, it poses problems for your opponent for sure. If you're playing a buff-heavy deck, um, 
And so you're saying you know, this probably should have been six strength for two mana? Well, then it mm, directly competes maybe. with Lawless. Yeah, yeah. Which and that seems is a little fine. more reasonable for a neutral. Um, the whole Plus, point again, in my this... head was like, so Lawless is the neutral. The 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 faction card should be more, sh- you know, stronger. Uh, and Head Start is stronger than Lawless, so that checks out. This now feels like it's just as good as Lawless uh, as Head Start, or be- it's uh, better. It's better though, right? Now, yeah. the more we talk through it, I'm like, well, actually, this isn't just as good as head start this i have control over where i place it which immediately makes it better than head start yeah uh it splits it divides so the crazy thing about it is if you if you vitalize it both parts are going to be growing oh my gosh true. if you poison it both parts will be poisoned okay. so yes. try not to poison it <laughs> but then you're talking about like amber hides to clear two units after it splits right like yeah yeah you know, no, it's not no that's fair it's still going to be a pretty good value for you mm-hmm. so this is going to be played in potion of growth decks you're oh, going to yeah. want to play potion of growth um you know personal servers maybe um Zuri. Zuri. you're definitely playing it with Zuri <laughs> inbox i'm i'm going to uh definitely be doing that as but just as I get so this just to a like with level. erratic neglects uh you could also do it with mist wives because you're probably going to be more of an aggro deck with mist wives and getting mist wives tucked away behind a seven strength card kind of like what we used to talk about ideal situation for ice flakes was this is just a an upgrade over ice flakes yes because your opponent in the mirror match can't Giovanna it yeah Oh well, my gosh. This is going to move at the next turn, whereas Ice Flakes never did, and either puts a three and a four strength on your opponent's baseline after Mist Wives just uh, smashed in. I, I guess your opponent obviously has to clear this, but. Yeah, so oh, wow. the way this that this good. moves is that this is going to kind of Y out and try to move forward, and that movement is predictable you can plan for it but your opponent can play around it um Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you and it might mess up in a rush deck like you tuck this into uh uh, to protect the mistwise in the corner or whatever it might mess up your positioning for the next turn because it moves differently than everything else in your deck it's going to take a little getting used to in that regard but yeah uh gosh it's going to make a base lock so much easier well, yes, potentially, potentially. Oh gosh, this is so neat. I have to say, I'm I'm more excited about these last two cards and getting to experiment with them and and figure out not only play styles with them but how to play against them. Um, is it yeah. better for me to surround a fragmented essence left and right to prevent the split from happening, and then just, just allowing them to have a seven strength that moves forward, or is it better for me? like what's what's the right way to play around this well if you've got okay so if this is level five and you've got a level five destructible bots just attack into it because they're going to be left with one strength afterwards so it's not going to split you're not really selling me on like (laughs) okay so my opponent gets to keep front and have a unit and i spent two mana to do what that's because it's a two strength or two mana cost strength card that that is the (laughs) issue (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it, it, this one might be getting tuned down yep, in a future agreed. patch, I, I suspect. Yeah, I, I agree. All right, I would love to spend all night talking about this card because this is probably the card I'm going to experiment with most once uh, it gets released. But guys, um, there's been some modifications to Brawl, which I don't know. Some of them, you know, just browsing through the patch notes, they might be notable. 
Um, I'll start with the simple one. There's going to be a 50% discount for Brawl starting October 28th. Um, yay. I love cheap brawls. I've always loved cheap brawls. My name is Freeloader. That's kind of expected. Uh, but Thomas, there's some new modifiers. Can you talk us through the first one? Reserved management. Oh boy. Play winter. Any unused mana <laughs> is carried over to the next turn. There's no such thing as wasted mana anymore. Yeah. This seems like a bad idea. It seems uh, like a really bad, bad idea. idea. What you're going to get is winter, winter mirrors where nobody does anything for the first three turns and then they just unload. You know, they just like, gift. Say, gift into. Uh, runner runner chill beards and the game is over whoever gets there first wins uh, right? i guess like, maybe swarm because uh, i'll have to count out the math there's gonna be some math that goes into this swarm might be able to get there too with what queen no you just yeah. play a couple runners just devastators and win uh, devastators I mean, doesn't play... one shot in the same way chill beards no, does that's it the doesn't. thing is like but Four, well, okay, so three mana turn, save that. Four mana turn, save that. Five mana turn, Seven, save that. Twelve. It, without even counting the mana, just count the damage from four cards going from your the start of your base, right? You need Grim Couriers that moves three. Oh, okay, I was going to go well, with Goats. No, so we've done mm. this before, and you can win with Swarm on five mana turn and do 28 damage. Um, I'd have to find the reddit post again where there was a lot of people that were trying to figure out like the truly best thing that you can do and yeah for swarm on your five mana turn you can do a total of 28 damage wow really yes if you it had was three plus four plus five mana yeah it was like restless goats okay. and summon militia on the front line and then next turn was like devastators and then the next turn was um <clears throat> green prototypes and forgotten souls and right but a, a mana banking doesn't help there because you need more than four cards yep but your opponent can't mana bank with winter if they are getting gunned down with this okay. kind of with this kind of strength that's fair that's fair so they have to have hunter's vengeance in the deck and get reset by a turn or two mm -hmm. can shadowfen do it with like a rain azure hatcher no it cannot right that's that's only 18 and butchers Right? Six, six, and six. Yeah, there's no... So it has to be Swarm or, winter. or it has to be Winter. Yeah, that sounds about right. That's usually the way Brawl goes. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. Oh, man. Spikeu, Chaos Unleashed. Can you walk me through this one? Chaos Unleashed. Units get a random status effect, and those are the same status effects we just talked about with the Ancients mm. above, which is Frozen, Confused, Vitalized, Poisoned, or Silenced. Not when they great. are played so basically like we talked about one of the one of those is positive one of those is often neutral but silence can actually be bad maybe you're trying to jam harry chestnuts in there um, <laughs> that would be so bad oh no you know and <laughs> green prototypes green prototypes Ooh. getting silence is fantastic mm -hmm. but uh that's, unfortunately that's, that's good, for yeah. the for the most part this is going to be just you have to get a negative status effect on your units when you play them and it's going to be really annoying well wait but if you if you plan for poison you could pl play like an amber hides marked as prey kind of deck if you plan for freeze you could play Giovanna. you could play um 
oh gosh, I'm drawing the uh, a blank. Yeah. Help, help me out. The uh, the four mana epic winter four, card that d- deals mid, damage to everything. Midwinter it. chaos is it's a rare mid, epic. Yeah. Oh, is it a rare? Yeah, midwinter oh. midwinter is a, a rare. Yeah, so that could clear some stuff for you. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the way you approach this is you target poison or freeze, and you try to deal and, and with it that way. And then you run some confusion stuff, right? Or you temple run some the confusion mind. stuff too. okay you could do that too Uh, if your opponent plays zero movement stuff you could try to target confusion with you know like hair raising cats but the confusion wears off after it moves so anything with movement won't just confusion won't stick yeah right huh i mean this one seems really balanced though because uh both of you (laughs) you and your opponent are struggling with the same problem yeah a little Uh, rng heavy there Right. Yeah, it's RNG heavy, but it's balanced. Everybody's got the same kind of problem and it's and, and it's a little bit of a deck building exercise to see how you can best leverage that. Whereas the previous one seems like, well, it's kind of already figured out. It's swarm of winter. Um Thomas, going back to you, steady growth. So cards level up to level five when cycled. They can also be leveled up beyond the casual slash warrior level cap. So oh my gosh, this is insane. Everyone that's already at level five, you don't see any change whatsoever. It's just going to be ladder. But then everybody that's lower than that and in the casual and the warrior, uh, you're going to want to play cards that are cycling. Huh? We were just talking about one earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You're going to play snake eyes and you're going to push every card in your deck up a level as quick as you can. Oh boy. Mers is going to be real good because you're going to want to just push that token as many times as you can. Oh, that's going to be fun. That's it'll gonna, it'll that, be weird. That is going to be fun. I do like these brawls because they start to feel so different from ladder that it it feels like a, a, a breath of fresh air, right? Like after grinding for a bit, you go into this and suddenly you're playing steady growth. Like what? It's going, is this even the same game? It does dramatically change things. It goes straight over from just grabbing whatever a uh, specific modifier for whatever your unit type it is on over to like actual like really thinking about the way that you are going to play this entire game yep. sure yep sure. yeah and, and right. build like, a deck like we talked about snake eyes for this brawl it'll be interesting but it's not the only way to approach it but if the brawl but if the brawl modifier is pirates have two speed well yeah you're gonna you're gonna just jam pirates in there and be done with it like there's no not a lot of variety there. Exactly. Right. Um, I would like to start the motion now to have the uh, 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 Max Brawl allow Steady Growth to push up to level 7. Or even 11. You know, most amps go to 10. But these ones go to 11. Uh, Sabaiku, you want to walk me through the Great Mill? Playing any card instantly draws another one. And this is nuts. You will always have four cards in your hand. Every time you play one, you'll get a new one. Uh, It was confirmed on the Discord that if you play Aaron and Aaron plays two spells, you'll draw three more cards. What? What? If you play Gift of the Wise, you get extra mana. And you just... You just keep going and keep playing cards until you run oh, out so of mana. It's like, it's like old Gift of the Wise. <laughs> yeah. But you, you don't need to combo freebooters with it anymore. You just play what's in your hand. 
That's uh, insane. It is insane. I I know how I'm planning on approaching this brawl. And uh, you remember that Shadowfen deck where everything costs three and under? Davide G's. Uh, uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I think you, uh, I'll be doing that. <laughs> I think you play a winter pack deck with mana gain and no freebooters. Uh, well, you play first mutineer. Feel, that feels too slow. First mutineer definitely <laughs> goes in this deck, right? That feels Absolutely. Too slow. Oh my god. Oh, I love it. Oh Every, everything gosh. everything is going to be three and under, and I'm going to include those new ancients that we just mm. talked about, and I'm Even going to play one. as many cards a turn as I can, and then I'm going to get totally destroyed by Hunter's Vengeance. Yeah, I have to actually agree with Thomas here. Um, if, if the level one version of your one mana ancient, that's uh, uh, Erratic Neglects, so it's a one strength, zero movement card. But if you add to the end of it, draw a card, well, that's worth jamming into any deck. <laughs> if it's one mana, all of that plus draw a card, yes, it's great. Do it. Um, yeah, this is going to, that's going to be bonkers, guys. I think I'm going to play this, this one with Zev, with Jev, or however you pronounce her, Jev. Javana. Javana, yeah. yeah I, I, I think that is wholly appropriate. Yeah. 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 There there's going to be times if I do that, by the way, there's going to be times where I'm gonna just throw the icicle burst out hoping to draw into Jev. It's gonna be like, all right, I need to cycle a card. Oh, it's not Jev. It should have been Jev. She's due. Let's just play the icicle burst and hope. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That ends the main portion of the episode, which means it's time for me to remind you to contact us, preferably in our channel on the Stormbound Discord server or on Twitter at BroodSages. You can also email us at thebroodsages at gmail.com. We also have an additional way for you to reach out and support us now. We have a Gumroad account where you can become patrons of our work. Check out the link on our Stormbound Kitty page. This week, we've heard from Ubermensch. I'm getting over my anger against rogue sheep, rogue sheep, though. I just recognized that Bladestorm is the actual bane of my low-level deck. <laughs> great inver- interview with Stony J. Great podcast. Let's see the meta report next episode. Uber, I'm so sorry. We the 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 meta report has stopped being as useful as it really needs to be to justify all of the work from the volunteers that we ask for. We just, we, we can't in good conscience ask everyone to spend all that time and effort putting together something that tells us that everything is viable. It just, it felt bad. Uh, the inventor of the moon again, love the moon, but big guy, fantastic. Uh, says quote, the volumes were great. I love the interview and the insights after. Well, I'm glad we finally got it right. <laughs> Uh, Arasano says, thank you for this channel and interview. If you look for more players to be interviewed, get in contact. Arasano, we will. Absolutely. Uh, He also says, I'm grateful for having more content to watch than just gameplays. Keep it going, guys. We'll do our best. Uh, And that's going to do it for this episode. For Sabaiku and Thomas, I am Freeloader. We are the Brood Sages reminding you to stay hydrated.